0: All right, everyone, welcome to another week of The Roundtable. So uh, what we've been doing here on The Roundtable is we've just been having fun conversations with friends, uh, fighting isolation, and just letting people into the conversations that, that we're having on the things that are on our minds. And today I've got uh, the usual co-host, Jeff Dodge, and mm-hmm. I got my dad on. So dad, you've, you've made an appearance or two before on The Roundtable. So this is Jack Arendt. And uh, so we've got, a, we've got a fun topic this morning. Before I throw out the topic, I want to throw out a quote from one of my favorite books, The Lord of the Rings, uh, because, Jeff, one of the most formative messages that I heard this last year was on the topic of friendship. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of uh, is the spirit of the roundtable and of our church, Veritas as yeah. a whole. And I really want that uh, to, to just kind of be who we are. You know, we're just, we're just friends on a journey. And so I love that. But this, listen to this quote. Um, this is from the Fellowship of the Rings, right before the hobbits are about to go on this journey. And Frodo thinks he's going to have to go by himself. And, uh, and so his friend Mary, one of the hobbits, says, it depends on what you want, put in Mary. You can trust us to stick to you through thick and thin to the bitter end. And you can trust us to keep any secret of yours closer than you keep it yourself. But you cannot trust us to let you face trouble alone and go off without a word. We are your friends, Frodo. Anyway, there it is. We know most of what Gandalf has told you. We know a good deal about the ring. We are horribly afraid, but we are coming with you or following you like hounds. And I love that because I feel one of the things about the roundtable that I just feel like it's so important for us to have friendships. And during this time where there's a lot of, a lot of hate and anxiety and fear in the world and we just need each other, we need our friendships. So and true. so anyway, that, that quote just kind of hit me. And we, we can't trust each other to leave each other alone. That's the one way we should.
1: I'll tell you, Mark, you, you know, you, after you um, found that quote, I, I thought more about that, that last scene in the book of John, that's, that's where that message had come from, you know, where you just think about Uh Jesus means of preparing his apostles, his disciples to go turn the world upside down, like it will say in the book of Acts, you know, and, uh. You think how many pep talks, how many like, you know, words of encouragement, and training and, you know, boot camp kind of to get them. And instead, you know, the book John just ends with this beautiful moment around a campfire. I mean, you can just smell the wood, hear the crackling of the fire and the fish frying. And, yeah. and he just has a conversation with his friends. You know, I just think that sounds so counterintuitive for Jesus about ready to send them, to, yeah change the world, but friendship was such a yeah. absolutely integral part that closeness that unity thing, mm-hmm. so anyway, I just I love how Tolkien captured that, even yeah in, absolutely in it's good
0: all right um so anyway, we're gonna get on with uh, our topic today. our topic is um from 1 Corinthians, my passage that I'm teaching on this week mm. is, I, and I, I w- I'm going to read the passage because I think this, this sets it up and it's kind of what I'm processing going into this this Sunday. And it's in 1 Corinthians one eighteen through 31. And it says, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is the power of God to us who are being saved. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will set aside the intelligence of the intelligent. Where is the, where's the one who is wise? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the debater of this age? Hasn't God made the world's wisdom foolish? For since in God's wisdom, the world did not know God through wisdom, God was pleased to save those who believe through the foolishness of what is preached. For the Jews ask for signs, and the Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Yet to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom. And God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, consider your calling. Not many... Were wise from a human perspective, not many powerful, not many of noble birth. Instead, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world, what is viewed as nothing, to bring to nothing what is viewed as something, so that no one may boast in his presence. It is from him that you are in Christ Jesus, who became wisdom from God for us, our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, in order that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And what I'm processing through this time that we we are going through uh, as a nation, as a world, um, is I'm watching us have conversations about many things, strong opinions about many things. Uh, As Christians, we do. We get caught up in news cycles and social media. And, you know, I think Paul here is sort of recalibrating my heart and my mind to say, hey, those are all important issues, but let's remember how people get saved, you know? And let's, let's preach Jesus. Let's remember the cross and the simplicity of the gospel and that it's the power of God. And I was talking to a, a get brother this morning, we were doing uh, our discipleship group and he, he just said, yeah, I'll, um, he, he kind of agreed that, that there's a, um, it's kind of a almost antagonism among the next generation uh, towards sharing the gospel because it seems offensive. It seems intolerant. It seems um, narrow-minded, you know, Uh, it seems offensive. And I think Paul's saying exactly. And that's why we need to share it because that's how people get saved. And, and so dad, I, I brought you on because I mean, you are one of the most evangelistic people I know. And you've, you've shared the gospel with a lot of people. You've seen a lot of people get saved. And, um, and I would love to hear more from you on kind of how, you, how this became a passion of yours. Um, also maybe share with us some tools, if you have any, on how we can know how to share the gospel. So yeah, so that's what we're doing today.
2: Well, uh, as a young person, uh, I, had a, I had a dad, who would uh who would purposely stand look for the longest line in the grocery store or in a in a restaurant so that he could he could talk to people and show the gospel with them so I used to watch it, but it would kind of it kind of irritate me a little bit because I was a little embarrassed by it, but he had such a passion to show the gospel where well as I grew and uh, and in my teenage years and then into my uh, 20s i realized that that people were lost and and there were people around me that needed to hear the gospel so the lord just put on my heart to start to say lord would you you know back at back in the old days we'd sing we'd sing a song we'd sing songs that were real convicting like will there be any stars any stars in my crown when an evening the sun goeth down in other words is there going to be anybody that I led to Christ in my whole life? And it was like, it's like the Lord is saying, and I felt convicted. Like I want to see people come to faith, you know, through my life, through my testimony, through my witness. So it, there was just something in me that says, I just gotta, I just gotta somehow share the gospel. And I just had a strong desire to see people come to faith. And it, probably a lot of that was from my parents. And, uh, and from hearing the gospel and and the uh, the joy and peace that it brought me in my life, so I wanted to share it. But my journey in sharing the gospel was not uh, was kind of interesting because uh, uh, you can have a desire to share, and I think that's the first thing. That's the first thing is you have to have a desire to share. You can have all the tools there are. It's like I'm. A, I love to do woodworking, and I've got all kinds of tools, but they do me no good if I don't go out and use them. And it's the same way with the gospel. If if uh, I've taken all kinds of different evangelism training, but if I don't pray and say, God, would you, would you use me to share it? It'll probably never happen. And do I care enough about the people around me? Do I see them as lost and needing the gospel? So it's kind of like a passion, inward passion. That we need to ask God for. Lord, would you give me a passion? And then I think if we have that passion, then God gives us the, the tools that we need. But uh, Jack,
1: do you think, do you think, Jack, that, you know, you were talking about the songs that you would sing in your church and everything, like there was also more, I, I think, of a, a community, like the whole church had more, that we talked about evangelism more back then. You know what I mean? Like I, or or I guess I want to pose it as a question though. Do you, do you feel like the church of today and even the church that you're part of now, and you've been to Veritas enough, you know, the pastor over here, like, do you feel like we, um, feed that, you know, hate craving and desire enough? Do you, do you think there is a difference or not? Or, Or was it just your own personal thing? You know what?
2: Well, uh, I know that the church I'm part of, City Light Church and Veritas Church, that the pastors are very intentional about sharing the gospel, and uh, we we consider ourselves a gospel-centered church where you can't miss it, and and I think that that is that is great. Uh, I think I'm trying to figure out myself what the balance is in urging people from the um, from the platform to share their faith, yeah, I know for me uh, i I started attending a church that had evangelism training, and that just was uh that was just a, a um, it was kind of a a signal for me that that's the church I want to be a part of, maybe mm-hmm. it's because I already had that longing to want to be able right. to share yeah. so uh, so i think um I think it's good to. I don't think it hurts to offer opportunities for, for learning because I remember the first time I was kind of involved with the navigators a little bit and they, they would teach us how to memorize scripture and share the gospel. And I remember the first time I went, I sat down with a friend to share the gospel with them and I got about halfway through and I got flustered. And my (laughs) brother, my brother who's a pastor happened to be with us. We're at this little Christian retreat. And my neighbor had gone with me. And I says, Bill, my pastor brother, would you take it from there? And then he he finished the the little gospel talk. In fact, I'm gonna share it with you today because it's still one of the most helpful things that I've ever learned.
1: Oh yeah. But do I realized
2: that. after that I needed to really learn how to do it. Mm. I needed to get comfortable.
0: Mm. I needed to
2: get I needed to, to know it well enough to get comfortable to sit down and tell someone. Mm. and i think i to be honest with you i'm afraid that most christians have never ever got comfortable sharing the Mm. gospel yeah so i would just encourage encourage us as believers to to just uh, to say lord would you give me a passion and then give me a comfort at sharing the gospel you know so so i can i can do it without fear
0: so dad before you share like how to share the gospel how you share the gospel I think we need some stories of encouragement of people that have heard this message and believed it and how you've just seen God at work through this, because it's pretty terrifying, you know, talking to someone about Jesus. And, and I think just the, the encouragement that it works, right? (laughs) During the story, there's a lot of people that reject it, but there's going to be somebody that receives a story. What, what are some stories that you
2: have of
0: people? Well, uh, in the
2: of the Lord? it's kind of interesting because just today I uh, <laughs> was talking to a fella whose father-in-law I led to Christ more than, uh, more than 50 years ago. Wow. Uh, and this is before I knew how to share the gospel. <laughs> uh, we worked together at this, uh, in Grand Island, at this factory that built modular homes. And, uh, and he worked with me. We worked side by side. And uh, he, uh, he told me, he noticed that I was, I was joyful. And I know it was because, you know, because the Spirit of God just was in, you know, was in all believers. But he had a real, he had a real struggle because he, he felt like he, he was hopelessly lost because he felt like he'd committed the unpardonable sin. And I don't know where he'd heard that. But he felt hopelessly lost well, anyway, after working together for, for several months, I, I, uh, I said, well, I said, why don't you, why don't you try this? And I gave him a living, living New Testament. So he took it and, and he read the, he read the first, he read the first gospel all in one night. And then the next night he read the whole next gospel, met Red Mark. And then the third day, we came into one of the modular buildings. We were sitting down on the floor and he had a big smile on his face. And I knew right then that he'd become a believer, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't that I had this great plan, but he had worked with me and he just saw something in me and he saw the, the, the joy of the Lord in me. And he did, he wanted that. And, and my friend who I saw today, he's a pastor now, he told me, he said, he said, because you shared the gospel with my father-in-law more than 50 years ago. I have a Christian wife, you know? Wow. So you, uh, you never know, you know, that was 50 years ago. And I, he lives in grand, this guy lived in grand Island. I never knew that I would ever meet anybody that knew him and here a pastor that I work with. His, his wife was his daughter, a Jim's wow. daughter that came to Christ. Wow. So that was 50 years ago, but I'll give you a more recent one. Uh, 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 not long ago, uh, well, I've got, well, I've got a bunch of stories, but I'd better only give you one or two. Um, uh, we were, we were having, uh, we have a small group in our home. Uh, well, it wasn't that small. We have 15 to 20 people that come. And, uh, we had a lot of physical therapy students from Creighton and UNMC that were we're huddled in our in our family room, and at the end of uh, while we we're talking, I said, uh, "I said, have you have you ever seen the bridge that really explains the message of you know this whole thing?" And they said, "No, we'd like to see it." So in this very room, I put a uh, put a big big uh, poster tablet up on my my fireplace hearth. And I drew out this gospel I'm gonna share with you today. And and this fella was sitting there, I could tell God was just dealing with him. And I turned to him and I said, I said, do you wanna do, do accept Christ right now? He said, yeah, I do. And, and he accepted Christ. And when I was done, he said, can I take that poster home, put it on my wall? And I said, of course.
0: 'Cause it was on
2: <laughs> was on this paper poster and I gave it to him. So then that's not long ago that happened. And it, and just a a year or two before that I shared the same thing with another uh in our in our group. I said, Would any of you like to see the bridge? And they said, Yeah. And this fella accepted Christ and he became a youth pastor. Oh. So you, you never know what the gospel is gonna do. It's amazing.
0: And you never but, know, uh Dad, I, I have some stories that come to mind too, as you were talking, it reminded me of uh, our first house, uh Leith and I's first house in Ames. We had, uh, there was a house on the, you know, we moved in and, you know, usually people might bring you something to the new, you know, to the, to the new home. Nobody brought us something, So we just made some brownies and took them to the neighbors. And, and one of the houses, you know, these people were, they, they didn't want to have any to really do with us, you know, and, we were kind of praying for all the neighbors and well, this house where these people were especially hard, uh, you know, I, we just prayed all the more for them. And then a first sale sign went up and they ended up selling the house and we we're praying. Oh God, you know, uh, we wanted to share the gospel with them, but whoever moves in, we just want to, we just want to share the gospel. And, and um, well, the next couple that moves in, uh, we built a relationship with them and, and, Um, And this, this couple ended up in our living room, you know, sharing the gospel, sharing what you're about to share with us with, with the bridge. And they, they prayed to receive Jesus. And, and uh, that couple is back in Ames, uh, Jason and Laura Tuttle, Mm -hmm. Jeff, and, Mm -hmm. and just their sweet family. And you see the, the um, yeah, what the gospel has just brought life to that family and to the generations to come. Um, And so Yeah, dad, I, it is the power of God for, for those of us who are being saved and um, I want to, yeah. And, but here's the thing. And I think this is so important for people to know how to share the gospel. I have something because I've been a Christian a while. I'm, I'm a, I'm a pastor and there's still times where I, all of a sudden my, you know, you have that moment where, uh, your your brain just like locks up and you, you can't even get the name <laughs> Jesus out because you don't know what to say. You just kind of fumble through it and you're trying to figure out. And so, so it's always good to have something to uh, to know how to share the gospel. So I'd love to hear from you, Dad. First question: How do you get into a gospel conversation? You're going okay.
2: Yeah. How do you go from uh, general conversation yes. to a spiritual conversation? Well, there's a, I think it's by, it's by asking questions for one thing. I think that, uh, if you, if you look at the way Jesus showed the gospel with the woman at the well, he asked questions. He asked questions. He said, would you give me a drink of water? Uh, um, you know, uh, it, and I think that, uh, I think it's just learning to ask thoughtful questions like, uh, uh, asking them, uh, where are you from? What's your background? You know, did you, uh, do you have any, do you have any interest in spiritual things? Uh, another question is have, uh, one, one I like is, do you, do you have a, do you have assurance that, that someday you'll go to heaven? You know, or, are you sure, sure that, that you, you will go to heaven. Do you feel secure in, in your, in eternal life? And, um, uh, Another one I like to ask that works really good is, uh, can I draw you a picture of what I believed? Yeah. That, and that works the Bible's really good a Yeah,
0: this is a, this is a big confusing book. Can I sketch a little picture on this napkin of what this book teaches? That's, uh, right. that's good. This,
2: this, I have a little picture that just kind of boils it down and explains it really clearly. And it's helped me to understand it better myself. Because that piques people's interest, you know, their curiosity. Well, how can you, how could you draw a picture of something that is spiritual? But Jesus did it all the time. You know, he used illustrations.
0: I think, so, uh, I think the question that you asked that, that is, has been the best one for me is just, do you have any spiritual beliefs? Right. Because it's the least threatening question. Everybody has spiritual beliefs. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm.
0: everybody has spiritual beliefs and so, or even
1: a story where let's say, well, I used to.
0: Yeah. But, right.
1: And even then, you know, you're able to say, well, what, what happened or whatever, you know, yeah. you can still, that doesn't end the conversation even if they, you know,
2: yep. but yeah. Yeah. The, the, the good thing about asking that question is, it's not like you're, you're, you're looking to, you're listening to them first. Mm-hmm. So you're earning the right then to share your your story when you when you offer to hear their story of their spiritual journey, you know, you say what how, what does your spiritual journey look like? You know, there's just a lot of ways you can phrase it, but then to listen to what they have to say, and then uh, then you can say, well, can can I draw you a picture of what I believe? You know, it sounds very very simple and and uh, it's a little disarming. Because and especially if you're in a, uh, in a restaurant setting and, uh, uh, or, or just a casual setting where you, you have, you pull out a piece of paper and, and just, uh, um, uh, just, just draw it out. But also you have to be aware of their, uh, of their, uh, time. I mean, you, you don't want to take, you don't want to take half hour of their time if you, if it's and there is a way there is a method i'll explain to you of sharing the gospel in a very brief way too it's part of this and i think i think both things will be very helpful to those that really want to learn how to connect with people and share the gospel all right so let's hear it okay um mark jeff can i draw you a picture of what i believe
1: yes you may (laughs) <laughs> okay.
2: I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna employ all my fine technology
1: and I'm Look gonna that. turn my
2: turn my camera over this way or my iPhone oh, and I've got a whiteboard here. Okay, well um, first of all we're gonna start out with the with the, with some cliffs here. Okay. And uh, uh, I'm gonna stand up for this. I think I can do better. And we'll put us on this side, and I'll I'll put God on this side.
1: You'll have to turn your phone just a little bit more, Jack. So we're we're getting us. There, is that go. better?
2: That's way you got better. The whole, it's
0: perfect. You got the whole, got the whole thing. So, yep. Jeff, for those of listening on a podcast, which are most people that listen to the roundtable, they're not watching this. Can, oh. you a, can you give a play-by-play? We've got.
1: Yeah, the color commentary. Yeah, Jack will be, yeah, he'll be narrating it. I'll be giving color commentary. Yeah, it is. It's exactly right. Two, two cliffs. And it's like two, you know, us and God are on opposing cliffs with the chasm in between us. That's what he's got drawn so far. There go.
2: Yeah, by the way, I did send Mark a picture of, of the, the whole layout of this presentation. I'm sure he could, he could text you a picture of this if it'd be helpful. Uh, down the road. Yeah. Okay. So we're on this side and God is on the other side. Now, um, let's, uh, let's look at, uh, let's look at God first and let's, uh, consider what, who he is and what he's like. And, um, uh, I'd like to ask you, what are some things that you learned about God growing up or some concepts you have about him? What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about God? Love. Love. Okay, that's good. And you know, the Bible does say that God is love. So that's a good one. Okay, holy. what are some other ideas that you have that he is like? Holy. Okay. That's kind of a that's kind of a religious sounding word. Yeah. But we'll <laughs> put holy. I grew okay. up in
1: a religious-y kind of house, so <laughs>
2: Okay. Holy. That kind of has. Would you say that kind of has the idea that he's that he's really exalted and he's perfect, kind of, yeah. You know that he's almost unattainable. Okay. Mm. Are there any other things that come to mind? I'm trying to draw out your thoughts. You know, on mm. on on your concept of what God what is are, like. What What
1: are some of the ones, Jack, that you feel like? I feel like we're at a disadvantage because
2: you. Yeah, you we guys know too much. <laughs> What are some okay. of the you know
1: like what 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 would be some common like the top three or something words that you find people throw up?
2: Well, most people say he's love. Yeah, and uh, and the reason I like to do like to ask people is because I want to I want to start with what they already know. Yeah, for and, sure. And I want them to feel like they're part of this conversation, like I'm not just telling yeah. them everything.
1: Yeah, but I'm and, kind and of, what they know to be true is often spot on you're able to build off that
2: right right so they know that god is god is god is love and and usually usually they'll run out of gas pretty pretty fast and i'll say (laughs) and i'll say yeah and, and let's and you know there's a lot of other things that we know about god from the bible one of the things is that god is and and you hit a really important one here that god is holy and perfect but we also know that god is uh this list could go on for infin- infinity, but he's a creator. He's, uh, he's, he's eternal. And, uh, and one, one important thing that we know is that he is, uh, he's totally fair and just.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: God is just. Uh, and so, uh, so we, uh, we know that he and he's he's good, uh, and there's so many things we could say about him that are really, uh, that are really wonderful. In fact, he's even called wonderful. But uh, we could we could go on and on. But we'll we'll just consider some of these things about God, his character. Okay, now let's uh, let's look at what we're like over here on this side. Okay, well, and let's look at what God says. We want to consider what God says about us, and one of the things he says about us, one of the first things he said is uh, that uh, we're sinners uh, um, you know do you do you have to do you have to teach a little kid to be selfish? No, they automatically are. It's mine uh, or no. Uh, so we know that that within us is this desire to do our own, go our own way. In fact, the Bible says uh, in Isaiah, it says, for all have uh, we, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. So we, uh, we, we've all sinned. In fact, one of the really great verses on that is in Romans. Three twenty-three, And now that everybody has an iPhone, you can actually just look it up and say, what does it say we are? It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So you notice there's a big cliff here. For all have sinned and fall short. In other words, we fall short because of our sin. Okay, now the question is, what, uh, what happens because we are sinners? This kind of progression that we see here from the Bible. Well, the Bible tells us in the same book in Romans 6 23. It says, and let's read that. Let's get on the phone. Okay, it says, For the wages of sin is what? Death. 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 So because we sin, we die. Uh, Now, as far as I know, every, every, like I have a grand grandfather that, that would have been 138 years, 38 years old as of yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I knew him well, you know, I really knew him well growing up. And, uh, and we had, we had a lot of fun together, but even though he lived to be 99, he's and he was a great man he still he still had to die and we're all going to face death uh, and we see it right now we really see the scare of it with this covid thing because everybody is afraid of death mm. and so what is uh what happens after death what's the thing that happens after death that that man fears and this is a real pivotal verse and it's uh Hebrews nine twenty seven. it says, just as man is destined to die once, after that, to face, and after that, to face judgment. So what happens to, to everyone after death, according to what the Bible says? He dies, and then what happens? Judgment. Judgment. Okay, so we have, a, we have a major problem here uh, because we're all sinners, we're all going to die, and someday we'll face judgment. Well, the question is, how are we going to somehow get to have eternal life with God when all these things are true of us? Well, our natural thought is, well, maybe if I try to be really good, I can make a way to reach over to God. And he'll say, "Good job, good job, Jack. You were really a good, good dad, a good husband, although I wasn't really a lot of the time. Uh, maybe maybe I can build a bridge to maybe I can build a bridge over to God by being good. Well, how good would you have to be? How good do you think you'd have to be to build a bridge to heaven to God? Well, it's kind of, he kind of answers it. We'd have to, if we're going to live here, we'd have to be holy and perfect. And we all fall way short of that. We fall short of his glory. And in fact, there's a, there's scripture verse that says, for it's by grace you're saved through faith. And that's, that not, it's not a result of good works so that no one could boast. Let's say that, that Jeff and I and Mark are in heaven someday. And, uh, and, and Jeff says, well, I was a pastor for 30 years. What did you do? You know, and Mark would say, well, I, I, I uh, was a worship leader. And then he'd look at somebody else and say, what did you do? Well, that would be pride, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. And, don't you get disgusted with people that are proud well if we can't stand it now how much more would it not fit into heaven there can't be any pride in heaven uh that's that's why he says it's not by works, so that no one can boast because boasting would would be a sin and there can't be any sin in heaven so it can't be on the basis of us doing good things well god knew that it was hopeless that it was hopeless for us to try to reach him on our own. So he made a way himself. And the way he did that was by sending, sending Christ to die on a cross, uh, to pay for our sins, to make a way for us to get, have eternal life. In fact, uh, there's a verse that kind of, that, that, that uh, says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes as a father except through me. Is John fourteen six? So we know that he's the way. And actually, there is a there's a wonderful verse that almost has the, this picture right in it. And it's uh, the verse is John five twenty four, and this is what it says. He says, "I tell you the truth, whoever hears my words." And believes on Him who sent me will not come into condemnation, but is crossed over from death from death to life. Now, the question is: How do you how do you how do you have eternal life? Well, the first thing is to hear about jesus coming and paying for our sins on the cross and making a way for us the second the first thing is to hear and the next thing is to believe well the question is a lot of people say well i i know jesus lived and i kind of believe but what does it really mean to believe and i love this illustration uh, in fact i read an article in the paper about the hundred, hundred, hundred fiftieth 150th anniversary of this happening this is several years ago, but it was uh, there was a man named the Great Blondin, and he was a he was a high wire artist, and what he did was he went to the Niagara Falls and he put a high wire across the falls, and a big crowd watched him as he walked across the falls. In fact, he was so daring that he he took a wheelbarrow, and and he uh, he pushed it across. He pushed across the falls and while the crowd was watching, he says, who believes that I could push you across the falls in my wheelbarrow. And, um, and the crowd was cheering and this one young guy was cheering and says, okay, young man, come and get in the wheelbarrow. And he just got up and ran away, ran, ran as far away as he could. He wanted nothing to do with it. He said he believed that he could, could take him across, but did he really believe? Was he willing to get in the wheelbarrow? No. To really believe is putting your whole trust in Jesus when he says, he who hears and believes has everlasting life. So um, believing is the idea of receiving him and putting your whole life in his hands, in his, his care. Now, I have a question for you. And I'm putting a question mark above this whole thing. Where are you in this picture? And the fun thing is I've had so many people say, you know, put themselves in the picture. I hand them the pen. And I, a lot of times people say, well, I'm, I'm way over here. I'm not even on the chart. I'm so far away from God. <laughs> I've had other people say, I'm right here. But when they say I'm far away, I say, no, we're actually right here. Mm. because you've heard you've heard the next step is to believe and put and put your trust in Christ and I said it's so simple God made it so simple even a child could do it
0: Mm.
2: I'm sorry my drawing is so terrible usually I can do it better when I'm on a table but it's so simple even a child can understand most people can't
0: see your picture because they're listening but oh okay <laughs> we've got a well, we've got a probably... cliff that's now filled in with a cross in the middle and over the cross we've got hears and believes and um, an arrow going over so mm-hmm.
2: yeah, okay now to the
1: color commentary to get caught up <laughs> in listening
2: and <laughs> yeah, now this i'm gonna the abc this is what it means to this is how you the kind of The simple way that you can, that you receive Christ. The first thing is A, is admit. Admit, yes, I'm on the, I'm on the man's side. I'm a sinner. I'm facing death and I, and judgment, and I need a savior. So I admit, I have a need for Jesus in my life. B is believe. Yes, I believe that Jesus died and rose again and paid for my sins on the cross. I believe that, that, uh, that he is the way for eternal life. And C is come, commit. Lord, just like, just like getting in the wheelbarrow, I put my whole trust in you. Jesus told his side told when he called people he says, come and follow me. It's like, I'm saying, yes, Lord, I'm going to come and follow you. Would you like to do that right now? Would you like to do that right now? Yeah. You know, what's interesting is yeah. the first two times, two first two fellows I led to Christ using this, this illustration. Uh, neither one of I, I, uh, we had played tennis, and then we came and had dinner together, and I shared it with, uh, with them and their wives. And they said, oh, I said, would you like to receive right, right now? And they said, well, you know, they weren't sure. I could tell that they, were, that they weren't ready at that moment. I, says, I said, well, when you go to bed tonight, why don't you, you can pray this, you can pray and ask Jesus to come into your life. You don't have to do it just with me. You can you can do this uh, at home, you know. But I I challenge him tonight. When you lay down in your bed and put your head on your pillow, and say Jesus, I I receive you. Come into my life, I, you know. And both those guys <laughs> accepted Christ that night. Mm. Uh, in fact, one became a missionary uh, to Germany. Wow, uh, uh, Mark, you remember him? His name was Vic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow.
2: And so um, so <laughs> it's not like you have to get a decision right then. You say, you've presented the gospel, say, you know, you could do this right now. Or, uh, you know, if you can tell they're not quite ready. Some people are ready. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Others are more thoughtful, saying, well, I need to think about it. I said, yes. I said, tonight, when you lay down, you can ask Jesus to come into your heart and they always, take the, they always take the paper with them so they can re- review it,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So they've got the gospel right there. And that's what's fun about this method. So, Dad, we could
0: use at this point, I think it's good to interject this, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. Right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. You that's can, if you can do a poor job of telling someone about Jesus, it's yeah. still worth it
2: it's like pulling somebody out of a out of a wreck car that's burning if you can do a poor job of getting them out but you get them out you still save their life you know so um and i'm amazed i'm I'm just amazed at at, uh, the power of the gospel by the way i wanted to i wanted to share real briefly one of the uh, most outstanding stories i have is a there's a chinese scholar here from who's a professor in China. And he was, uh, he had been to Bible studies and he was ready to receive Christ, but he hadn't, he hadn't made the commitment yet. And so uh, my sister Julie, who Mark interviewed here uh, a month or two ago, uh, she said, Jack, I want you to share the gospel with him. So I, uh, I didn't share the whole bridge. I shared the ABC. And, and I said, I said, I said, uh, God made the gospel so simple, even a child can understand, ABC. So let's say you only have five minutes with somebody, or you're, you're in a place where you can't sh- take, a, take the whole time to share this. You can share just the ABC part. And I like to say it's, it's as simple as ABC. The first thing is awareness. Uh, I don't use admit right away because admit you're bad. you know. No, I use awareness. We're aware that something's wrong and broken in this world. And we are, we are, we are part of the world and we're broken. And I like to use the verse, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've all gone to our own way. And that's why the world is broken, but he made a way for us. Uh, And by believing in Jesus, we can have eternal life. Uh, Like when, when uh, I like to use the story of the Philippian jailer, when, uh, when there was an earthquake and he thought all the prisoners escaped and he, he was ready to commit suicide. And Paul said, don't do it. And he said, the jailer said, what must I do to be saved? And you remember what Paul said? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. So we're aware that we're broken, but there is a way we can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And then the sea has come. Jesus said many times, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. In fact, one of the very last verses in the Bible says, the spirit and the bride say, come, whosoever will let him come and taste the water of life. So he's inviting us to come. Do you want to come and do that? And the Chinese scholar said, yes. And then he says, D, I want to declare that I became a Christian. I want to be baptized.
0: Wow. 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 So now we got a b c d
2: but but it is as simple as a b c aware that I'm a sinner, believe that Jesus made a way for me and just come to him but uh but I think the the bridge just thus really does lay it out in a way that people can grasp it uh so may and my prayer is whenever i've I've trained people how to do this for years, but I realize that that uh, it's nobody's going to share it unless God lays it on their heart with a passion to share the gospel. But if you do, people will come to faith and, and you'll have amazing stories of what God does. Hmm.
0: Jeff, I'm really challenged by, you know, as we're going through first Corinthians um, just to share the gospel. I feel like I've gotten away from that in my, I mean, you shared a little bit about that in your sermon Mm -hmm. just uh it's easy to forget you know and and it's and it's so simple we have to uh just yeah have eyes to see you know opportunities that god's opening and praying for opportunities and and uh i i would love uh jeff for for our our church for myself uh to be more bold in sharing the good news
1: oh for sure yeah there's so many it's crazy cuz we think oh but it's so personal or controversial or whatever well think about the intense personal and controversial questions of our day that we're willing to engage people with <laughs> you know what i mean like oh but not not jesus i mean that no people are very willing to talk about personal and kind of divisive conversations just um, Point them to Jesus, yep. you know, and do it with the peace and grace and love that Christ gives you, you know. So, yeah, I'm with you.
2: Well, and the fun part about sharing the bridge is you're just drawing them a picture. You're not really preaching them. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I uh, I hope that if you're listening and you wanted to see the picture, you can get on YouTube and watch it later and just uh, see, see the picture. Just a simple picture, and uh, you don't have to be compelling as a as an orator and you don't have to be very good dad we you and i are pretty good examples of that if we can anybody can do this thing (laughs) that's fine. that's it's not this is not our goal is not to impress people with with uh how well we can speak it but the power is in the message not in the messenger and how powerfully we communicate it it's just as simply as we know how we can just tell someone about Jesus.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm often surprised when people say, Yes, I would would like to accept Christ. He's like, Really? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, Oh, I did such a poor job of drawing it, or or I didn't explain it well enough. But I think there are more people I, I heard a one evangelist said that really convicted me, there are more more people willing to hear than we are willing to tell. Yeah. There are more people wanting to hear than we're willing to tell.
1: Well, in that response, Jack, I mean, that last verse in the passage that Mark's going to teach this weekend um, says, in order that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Like when we, we don't seek to do a terrible job, obviously, you know, but we're just aware of our weaknesses. We're aware that we're not doing the most eloquent job, you know, of it. And so when people come to Christ, I love that how you say you're almost surprised, you know, well, you know the whole time. This is of the Lord. This is God doing it. You All know, right. I think one of the first people, it wasn't the first, but one of the first that I'd led to Christ was, you know, she's now my wife, Teresa. And I was doing such a terrible job. Like I would, man, I would love to have a recording of what I said in, you know, in that dorm room that night. And she believed. I remember calling the guy that was discipling me, and he wasn't home. So I was talking to his wife, and I'm like, June. I think I led her to Christ, but I'm really not sure. Cause here's what I said, you know, and I didn't pray with her. Was I supposed to pray with her? And, you know, like all these, like, but somehow God in his kindness and grace used a little bit of scripture and a little bit of truth that I had to open the door of salvation, you know, so we can't get paralyzed by uh, our inadequacy, you know, let, let him who boasts, we're going to boast in the Lord that he's the one doing it.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the beauties of this, uh, presentation is that you can make it your own, you know, you can tailor it to fit your own, you know, you you might have other examples that you want to use. Uh, this is just a real simple uh, presentation, but it's beautiful. But I think the, I think if you, if you pray and say, Lord, would you make me a witness? He'll, he'll empower you somehow. He'll, yeah. he'll give you, he'll give you the tools, but you, I did have to learn how to do it. Till yeah. I got comfortable doing it. you know
0: another thing that you can do that I have done a lot with people that's so not offensive is just hey can I pray for you you know that's good. Just, and just just to pray for someone um you know that because most people are willing to uh be prayed for not not if you don't have an opportunity to share share the whole gospel or anything I mean, it can just be um that's a that's a question and a, and a lot of people need prayer right now and, um man why don't what dad why don't you close us out with a word of prayer and ask god to use us and anyone who might be listening to to stir up just a, a desire and a boldness and a courage to share the good
2: news yes lord uh, the gospel is such an amazing story and it has uh The Spirit took that gospel and convicted us, and we just knew we had to have it. We just knew that we had to have Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you would be moving in the hearts of people around us to give them, to convict them of uh, sin, righteousness, and judgment so that when they hear the gospel, they just know that they have to have it in their lives. Lord, we see right now people are so enchained by the fear of death, and Lord, we want we want people to know Jesus who who broke those chains. Oh Lord, put in us a passionate desire, and and Lord, I want to pray that that people listening and and Jeff and Mark and I will have opportunities to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Lord. Um, um stir stir fire within us but we realize it that, that uh that you are at work and we want to just be a part of what you're doing to to bring salvation oh pray it all in jesus name amen
0: amen amen, amen. well it's good good to hang out with you, dad and jeff and uh, for everyone mm-hmm. listening I hope you guys have a a great week um jeff you always get the last word you got any
1: <laughs> thoughts here well, you know, actually, I I thought I thought maybe Jack was going to have the last word. But if you give me the last word, um, I would say I was really compelled this last weekend as I was going through the, the text just before the one you're going to teach. Um, where, you know, right in, in the same context, a bold proclamation of the gospel, right? He says, I, I just want to be known by for, for one thing. I proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. But inherent right in that is this call to the unity of God's church. Because if we go around proclaiming Jesus, but then are kind of knifing each other in the back at the same time, the unbelieving world sees that as well. And it, and it actually kind of vandalizes, I think, the gospel, the pure gospel. You know, like like you had said, Jack, if there's one thing people know about God, it's that God is love. <laughs> and if, if they're hearing somebody representing him that is not very loving yeah. toward his brother and sister in Christ. So just... Jesus' simple prayer in John 17, you know, may they be one, Father, as you uh, are in me and I am in you. May they also be one in us. But I love the the last phrase, so that the world may believe you sent me. Unity is actually a fuel for the gospel. It's not just, oh, do we work on the unity of the church or do we work on evangelism? No, as we... (laughs) display a beautiful unity it becomes a vehicle mm-hmm. for the gospel because in a hopeless world divisive world they want to come and they want to hear about the gospel and in a context where there is love and unity you know mm-hmm. so it just goes hand in hand as as we cooperate with jesus yeah. bold proclamation of the gospel and a sincere love for each other that that's a powerful powerful yep. combo yeah uh,
0: good good stuff and so the gospel is not just for evangelism and and yeah right believer the gospel actually centers us and unifies Man, us dude. and all the peripheral issues go away as we as we focus on christ and uh yeah let's go um well i uh, hope you guys uh, enjoyed our time and if no one else listened but we had this time i i want to i'm hoping for an opportunity i'm going to be looking for Me an too. opportunity. to to share the gift i give it to us yeah yep awesome all right well we'll see you next time have a great week see you guys